song oh yeah an intro you mean yeah i don't know how to do that <laughs> sure i'd love to i'll be original yeah, our hair original song our hair is looking kind of similar today jeff well what i'm doing is uh I felt like I couldn't have the bearded fasci over the past four years because um, too many of those people were crazy. Okay. And now with Trump gone, I feel like it's almost like a statement. Like I can finally have this Nordic haircut, this short everywhere with a beard, but then tall on top. Because okay. it's, it's a decent haircut. It's just also unfortunately really close to the Nazi haircut and like the Richard Spencer haircut. And so I've kind of been avoiding it for the past four years. I can see that. I can see that. Sorry that you have to do that. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> some people say that the Midwest is, you know, always behind on fashion. And I think I see why that's true now because I recognize fashion that starts on the coast, but I don't like it until it's out of fashion there. Right. And then you're the cool person in town because you're just a little bit ahead of everybody else going, but yeah, but check it out, man. I'm Not necessarily because there are people here doing that look over the past four years, right? Trying to be the, the coast looks, right? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I basically, I bully myself into my fashion is basically what it is. I do, I triangulate it based on PC culture, what I think looks good on me, what's easy to do. And then I kind of go from there. So I love that we're talking about fashion. Um, but I, I, why are we here? What, what are we doing? What, or, or what, what is this all about? Why have we decided to record ourselves talking to each other? The short story is that me and you have done several podcasts together now. And we've decided that the best version we can probably do is just me and you talking about anything and not pigeonholing ourselves into a video game or whatever. Right. And I think the long story is what this podcast should be about, which is how we met each other, who we are, how we have come to know each other, what we're currently doing in life and stuff like that to set people up and let them know who we are and where we're at. Yeah. And one of the things you'd ask me was, well, could, could you be more specific about, you know, give me more details? And I couldn't at the time, but I thought more about it. And I think some of the things that might work are um, potentially having people from the way back parts of our lives uh, come and be on the show who we both Duffy know. Tomorrow. Yeah, he'd be a good one. There's a lot. Like there, a lot of, honestly, there was like 100 people that came to mind. Um, but, and, you know, not... Yeah, Tony would be awesome. Um, not just to talk about people who are good friends of ours still or long-term friends. John Garrity. But, but um, people that I haven't talked to in a long time or you haven't talked to in a long time and find out you know, how they've kept with their long-term friends and how that worked out for them and why, why they decided to. And I, you know, Honestly, I think we came from a place that um, 
it was a little bit special. I, I've thought this my whole life that I was very lucky in that respect that I was surrounded by uh, in a very uh, special group of people in my age range. Um, Mary when McCaffrey. I went, when I went to high school, you know, um, and yeah, including people within a year of my age range. Um, it, it was just a, uh, I don't know a better way to say it, but kind of magical time. And so I think there's a lot of people who, uh, would be interested to listen to this that are fall into that category too. And so it's just kind of like a, I don't know, a way for all those people to listen and catch up on what's going on in, in that life. Interesting. Yeah. This is new info for me. Just so everybody knows, uh, the way this again started is we've done podcasts and then just a couple of days ago, I'm like, Sean, do you want to start a new one? Because you've talked about that if we're really going to do one, it should just be us talking. Yeah. And he he was all over it. I expected him to be like, yeah, maybe, yeah, let's, you know, whatever. And sometimes I never know where Sean's going to come from. And we'll talk about that a bit on the dynamic. Plus you'll find I rarely, uh, Sean rarely comes to me for like advice and with like ideas. It's almost always the other way around. You can think of me as like a fountainhead. And I, I don't know then what that would make Sean, but. Um, the water? <laughs> yeah, the water, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. But yeah, so um, that's interesting that you're framing it this way now, because I asked you, okay, what's the podcast going to be? And you said uh, LTF. And I said, well, that rolls off the tongue. Is that let's talk football? What is that? And you said, no, it's long term friends. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. Because that's the one thing that we do have when you put us together to offer people is we have been very close friends for a very long time, which I've come to learn is special and that not everybody can say that about somebody or more than one person as far as somebody they've stayed very good friends with for decades and decades yeah my my guess is and again i i don't know this to be true but my guess is that that group of individuals that we went to high school with and i'm not limiting it to just my circle or you know circles of friends but i'm, I'm i mean I'm, I'm i really truly believe this like i i guarantee that the jared diems and the chris binners and the brian Haars and and the Heidi Hesses and the, I mean, I, seriously, Mike Curry's, I can go on for days. March Joe Boozy. Yeah, they all have a solid group of friends from that time. I guarantee it. Lindsey Coles, Robert Eady. I think all okay, of, all right. Hold on. What if, this is, what if this is just a Midwest thing? Because you grew up in Florida. You now live in California. So yeah. at each end of your life, you've been bookended mm -hmm. by the coasts. And I would argue that the whole trope of the Midwest is people grow up in a town and never leave. And the whole idea then is you stay close with your friends. So maybe what you're experiencing is that middle point of your life where you lived in the Midwest and you're like, man, all those people are probably still hanging out. Well, they probably are because that's kind of what Midwest people do for the most part. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. You can't forget the Carl Shermans. And, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, the list goes on forever, AJ Abeskis. Oh, so boy. it's like, it's like, um, and that's not even to get into like, oh, I, yeah, I'm not, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm sorry if I didn't say your name, I'm, 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 we'll get there, I promise. But like, what's more important to me, actually, the thought I really had was that I think you're right. I, I don't think a lot of people have that. And I think a lot of people would be interested in how that is, how you form that. And I, I'm not saying we have some special like powder that you throw on it. It takes work, just like any relationship does that you have to want to do it. But um you know, there's a reason for it. There's, for, for me, there's a huge value in, in someone holding me to uh, what, they, what they know is me from, from a long time ago till now. I can't 
you know, when I moved out to California, I could have recreated myself in any way I wanted to. I could have become whoever I desired, right? In college, we do that, blah, blah, blah. Seemingly, I've always had someone close to me from my hometown uh, around to keep me uh, honest, I suppose. And, I, and I, I think there's a huge value to that. I can't, I can't BS you when it comes to like my emotional state or how I truly feel about something. I mean, I, I don't really ever try, I don't think, but even if I did, or if I wasn't being cl- truly honest, I have someone to, to, to keep me clear about it. Do you think there's any truth to the idea that sometimes somebody can know you better than yourself? Cause I think there's also the opposite trope you hear that you can never truly know somebody, but there's also something to when you know somebody really well and you've been around them their whole life and you have different perspectives than they do, you can see their life in a way they don't see it. And you might see them in a way that most people see them that they just can't see themselves because they're trapped inside themselves with that perspective. Yeah. But I think you have to have some distance. I don't think you can be like a spouse or like someone that you live with, because I think at that point it's different Right. because you know, my, my wife definitely has the ability to, to know me better than anybody, no doubt. Um, but we also build up uh, pre anticipated ideas of what our spouse is going to do. And, and I'm totally guilty of that too. We like anticipate things or we do things without asking rather than finding out what they actually want or need. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing is the relationship with the spouse. Cause a lot of times too, that's like a partnership in life. It's like in life, we both want to do this. Let's become partners and walk through life together hand in hand. And part of that is an agreement of like using your strengths to balance out their weaknesses and picking them up when they're down and them picking you up when you're down. So a spousal relationship to me is different than long-term friends and the in the point where it's almost like a contract it's almost like an agreement like me and you are going to walk through life together and I'm going to need your help but in turn you're going to get my help plus you know maybe we'll have kids or raise a family or whatever yeah I, I don't I don't think I started off thinking about friends like that but I definitely do now when I think about my friends in high school I think it was um, you know I was trying to learn as much as I could at that time about each, each individual person and, and I guess situation. And so I could be successful later. Uh, I, and again, I don't think I had the consciousness to necessarily understand it, but that's, I think that's what I was doing. Cause I, I find myself really wanting to like understand every single group and, and like person that I could possibly meet when I was in high school. That That's the way it felt to me. Well, that's the perfect segue, Sean, because I think what's important that we do in this very first episode is that we lay out to everybody who we are, who, where we came from and how we met each other. Cause I think that's the foundation we're going to have to do if that's the basis of the podcast, you know? Sure. And so the first time I remember actually meeting you was at Jared Diem's house playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Jeff Brecht invited me and I think Scott Hag was there and I think somebody else was there who you mentioned earlier, Brian, who had blonde hair, I think. Brian Ellison and then um, what I can see his face. He had blonde hair. Yeah. Josh, 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 Josh. Herbert, Herbert. Uh, no. mm-hmm. uh, yes, we know the same. We're thinking of the same person. He had a mullet just like me, I think a blonde mullet back yeah. there in like 90, 1990. Wow. Ran the tip of my tongue. Okay, but anyway, so, yeah. So Josh. that's that's where I met you. So I think I met you around 1990. In Actually, some... Chris Benner would have been there too, I'm pretty sure. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the way I had got to that point is that um, I grew up in Michigan, uh, central Michigan, like surrounded by farmland because my dad was transferred from Minnesota 
to the automotive industry in Detroit. And we lived out, not even in the suburbs, like beyond the suburbs in like, you know, just kind of farm bill, um, where the only people who would stop in our town would stop at like the, uh, the rest stop gas station type deal. <laughs> and, uh, and like the cool thing to do in town was sneak out late at night and go to the rest stop gas station that like had a video game you could play, you know? Right. Right. Um, and so I grew up in a really small town. And then when I hit high school, we left because uh, the Detroit automotive business was falling apart and my dad got transferred back to Minnesota. And so we go back to Minnesota and I immediately connect with uh, a person named Jeff Brecht because we both collected comic books. We had a large comic book collection. Sorry, Josh Hoover. Josh Hoover. There you go. Which, by the way, is a whole nother thing. You know, at this time, I have to stress it was not cool to collect comic books. It just wasn't like me and Jeff Brecht used to get like pushed into lockers uh, by, you know, the seniors. We were not cool for what we liked at all. It's not like it is today. And I know people have said that before, but I think it's important to stress that like I was a complete reject uh, as far as like where I was coming from. And I don't mean that like in a bad way, like my life was horrible because I actually had really good friends, but socially I was a reject. I didn't have many choices of who I could be friends with, uh, where I'd come from because I liked comic books, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, He-Man, shit like that. And it just wasn't cool back then. I liked musicals. Those were not cool. And that's when I met you. I thought you were an enigma because you were on the basketball team and you were, um, uh, I know you don't like me to mention this. You were homecoming royalty and you were also in the plays and you also played Dungeons and Dragons. And I had never met anybody like that before who was friends with the cool kids and the nerds. So I was totally a nerd coming in completely, 100%. I was a nerd coming in. I immediately found a nerd, Jeff Brecht. He brought me to Dungeons and Dragons and I was blown away by the fact that the Homecoming King was playing with us. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. You missed one thing, it's choir. <laughs> and I lettered in it and I'm super proud of that <laughs> and anybody who can letter inquire they should be super proud of it and I didn't play basketball past my sophomore year because I wasn't good enough um, and that's when I got into musicals hardcore I was in musicals the whole time but so yeah I think if you want to meet a really broad section of people in high school we went to a big high school too Huge. It was the biggest in Minnesota at the time. It had 760 kids in the class, I thought. Were you going to say 300 something? No, Uh, no, no. There are 3,000 total, all three classes. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, I knew it was huge. Yep. And shortly after we graduated, that school got split into two districts, which became Osseo and Maple Grove. That's how huge Osseo had gotten. Yep. It was massive. But it's beside the point. I, I mean, there was super, there was great value in that to me. Well, I think that's important because having such a huge pool of kids, I think yeah. allows a bunch of different cultures right. to grow. Like there were, right. There were the dirt balls in the back hall, like the mm-hmm. Shane Kramers, right. And the Andy Iwanans and those guys like, right. And they, but they would also mingle and meet other people as well. And then you had, yeah. So I think there were just all the different groups. You just, for sure. you just, you just called two, two of our friends dirt balls. You know that, right? That's what they were called. It, everybody oh, had that kid, uh, that group in school who liked The Cure or punk music. They usually <laughs> were in the back hall. They were nowhere near the front doors. They were like mm-hmm. near the very back exit so they could like sneak out and smoke cigarettes, right? We called it the back 40 at the school we were at. People would go and right. smoke in the back 40. Yeah. Some of the kindest people you ever meet, by the way, and like super 
introspective and deep thinkers too. Well, that's why they're like that. That's why punk kids are like that. That's why even motorcyclists are like that. They put on Mm -hmm. this huge armor exterior because they're so soft inside. They've had so much trauma inside that they put on this armor. That's why a motorcyclist comes up to you and goes, that's saying, get away from me because I've been hurt before. I think. See, I see. I see. Well, yeah. And he, a great musician too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know why we're diving so deep in here, but uh, I guess <laughs> oh, yeah. we did. So that's how I met you. Uh, I think that's, well, that was, met. that was, that was junior high though. That was pre high school. No, I wasn't here for junior high, so I couldn't have met you. Um, so it was, t- it was 10th grade then. Yes, I didn't move here till 10th grade. I moved here and the, actually the very first person I meet, met was Corpy, who was yeah. the goalie. Chuck Corpy, yeah, I remember Chuck. Yeah, and J.D. Hill because apparently I knew him when I was one year old because my family was friends with his family. I remember it, that too, actually, that, that you immediate, that. It's funny. We came back from Michigan to Minnesota. I hope these people don't mind us mentioning their name. <laughs> Well, we just all, we, we just can't say we know right but we can't slander anybody we need to be very careful um saying everybody's name we we can never say anything that we don't know to be true or that just hurts somebody's reputation you know what i mean like calling them a dirtball <laughs> Dirt <ball. laughs> <laughs> Yay. all right so um but I you got to know, first of all, hold on a second. Before we go any further, every single person's name we're going to mention, I mean, honestly, I have really honest, true love for these people. I, there isn't one person's name that's come up yet where I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't love that person, right? Like, or, they, anyway, that, I'm just going to put that out there. I'll tell you if it's different. There's may, maybe two people in the whole world, so like, and I don't think we're ever going to talk about them. So well, I don't, I don't throw that term disclaimer. out as loosely no, as you i don't no, just, know that no, word love is you know loose as you that way when i say it to my wife and child they know i mean it because i don't say that i love chuck corpy who i haven't met in 50 years or whatever yeah i understand i understand so anyway i moved from michigan to minnesota and the uh immediately they're like hey you knew jd when you were one year old why don't you guys hang out first person i met did not work at all he's like you want to go outside and play football my friends are going to come over i'm like do you have any comic books it's like, no, I don't. He's like, do you like watch baseball? I'm like, do you have any baseball? It just was not, it was bad. It was a bad fit right away. It, he wanted to only sport it up. And I, uh, I had done sports in the past, but um, all the group sports really stressed me out because anytime I would fail, I felt like I was letting my whole team down. That was a, a, an emotion I couldn't deal with. Right. Uh, being the person responsible for an entire team failing was something I uh, couldn't manage. I much more preferred the individual sports. So I did a lot of like judo, karate, wrestling, and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah, he was a good athlete. He was a great football player. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Th- that's 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 that. That that's about all we need to go there for. Well, no. What about you? Where, where did you come from? That's how I got Ooh. there. Where did you come from, baby? Uh, I came from a place called Tampa, Florida. That's where I was born. I did not live there long, but I spent a lot of summers there. Um, My family moved to Maple Grove, Minnesota. And that's where I grew up. Um, And then I moved to Oakland, uh, California, where I've spent the last... Oh, boy, how long has it been? Since 2000, so... A couple decades there. Uh, here I have been in Oakland since then. 
so then how would you uh, summarize our relationship? Uh, like if, as far as the timeline goes, if you were to give people ch- like chapters, like first we did this and then we did that and then did it and then, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, we, we definitely met at um, Jared's house and became pretty, pretty quick friends. Um, I, I don't think we hung out. A, we, d- we did hang out a little bit in the beginning and then you kind of found your um, click that you hung out with and then we started hanging out more. Excuse me, they're called the jam. Let's not call them a <laughs> click. Let's give them their proper name, the jam. <laughs> yeah and they're seriously a good group of people um definitely uh yeah solid group of people and that that core group like stuck together all the way through like that that group of you folks was um, a solid group for the entire time through high school and i definitely was in and out of that group i I never was out of it i shouldn't say that but i wasn't always um as uh, involved as as you guys when we got to our senior year i was much more a part of it. Okay. And then on college, we kind of went our separate ways. I went to Mankato and you went to the university of Minnesota. And so we didn't really see each other for about a year, maybe two. And then our sophomore year, uh, I came back to visit and I saw you in, uh, uh, your dorm room and I was needing to come back from Mankato because I had done, um, too many drugs and <laughs> played too much magic, the gathering. Yeah, I mean, just to be honest, that's what happened. I I, <laughs> I did too many drugs, and um, my grades were not well, um, and so I needed to transfer to the University of Minnesota, which is a whole other story. We'll get into some other time, but that that was a you know thing that happened. And when I transferred back, you know, after we had talked, I just made sense that we should live together. And so that next year, you and I and Chris, uh, we all decided to live together, and um, we did. We kind of hooked back up after that, and then Chris Hamilton. Yeah, Chris Hamilton. Um, we spent those next couple of years going through college together, and then um, I had been going to Alaska. I met my future wife there, and um, so I ended up leaving in 2000 and moving to Oakland. And again, we it, it wasn't like we didn't talk, but there were times where we talked less. Um, and then I, I don't know, it must've been about a decade ago, I guess, maybe a little bit longer where it was just a day you called me and we had a long conversation and then, I don't know, it seemed like that was a changing point. We started to talk at least once a month and then once every other week. And then we started to do things, playing video games or whatever online together. So I think since that point, it's been fairly, fairly consistent. Uh, and then we started making podcasts and uh, yeah. here we are. I think it's good to focus in on that it's been games and in a way I think like brotherly competition that's also kept us um, close. So to go over the games, we've played a lot of video games with each other. That's another thing that we have in common is we both really like uh, what's called the, uh, what is it, Sword and Shield? Is that the name of the types of video games we like? Yeah, I mean, I think they're... MMORPGs, they're, they're multiplayer online games where you have to kind of work together and they're based in a Dungeons and Dragons type of uh, world. Right. So we're talking Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Pox Nora, uh, EverQuest. Um, what am I for? I know there's more uh, Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, so mm-hmm. we, played, we played all these games together at, Points. And then there's a really long period of time where we both got really into fantasy football. 
and we barely played any other games. That, in a way, was our game. And we would talk to each other constantly about strategies and this is and that's, and we got really into that. And I think throughout that whole thing, I think it still annoys us when the other person performs better than us in a video game. I, I think I'm, I can see it in you when I do, and I know sometimes it bothers me when you're doing better. So I, I think it's fair for me to say that. Yeah, no, it's not, and it's not bothersome. It's it's purely just competition. Yeah, it's, it's just comp- It's just wanting to. It's not wanting the other person to do worse. It's wanting to do better than that person. It's being like, well, I've been playing against and with this person. I've seen this person play games for long enough to know that our skills are fairly well matched and they've beaten me and I've beaten them. So if they're beating me right now, I know I can beat them and I want to kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I think I spent all of my athletic life pointing at people that I wanted to play like, or be like, or, you know, and that meaning people that were on my team as well as competitors I played against and I think that's if you're going to be and I'm not saying I was ever great but if you're going to be great I think you have to that's what you have to do and I think it's also worth uh, focusing in on you moving because in a way that was a big stress test because up until the point you did leave Minnesota we were almost joined at the hip that's when we were playing EverQuest a lot and and, and magic and we were spending like every day together almost at times. It'd be like, spend time together. You got to go to work. I got to go to work, whatever, you know. And, and we, we both had girlfriends too. So we're both also juggling all that. And right. so you leaving was a big, you know, shift in both of our lives. And I think uh, it's been really nice for me because having you out in Oakland has given me a really good excuse to visit Oakland. Yeah. and had some place like free to stay and somebody to show me around and somebody I like to hang out with. So as a result, I've gotten to go to Oakland now, I feel like five times, I think, in mm-hmm. the past 20 years, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. And it's also allowed me, you've had some success moving out there and it's really allowed me to not be jealous of people who have more success in life, but to consider myself grateful that I know these people and that I get to be with successful people, not only to learn from how they did that, but to reap the benefits, you know, be able to eat the nice steak they buy for dinner or whatever. So I think you have, it's not like, you know, it's not like you, uh, you become a millionaire or anything, but you've been successful and you have, since we are so competitive in games, it has forced me to confront that success also in life and made me learn to appreciate it rather than resent it. Well, I don't think you've ever said that. I appreciate you saying it. I think maybe you give me more credit than I deserve, but um, uh, I've been super lucky. My whole life has been just one lucky roll of the dice after the other. And that's part of why I want to do this is because I, tru- I truly believe that part, part of the reason is the, is the mindset of b- believing that those things can be possible. And I, I, you know, you say it, I, I only want to tell my family I love them because it means more and it means something. <laughs> it, it actually means something. And that's so true. It, it actually is true. And I know why people say that. And I, I'm going to attribute it to something else. And I think you'll agree with me. People my whole life have told me, and this is going to sound stupid, but you're Sean, like through work, and I'm not talking about my friends, but Sean, you're too nice. You're, you're never going to be successful because you're, you've got to, you, you know, you've got to crack the whip. You've got to come down on them. Really? Like, 
You got to show me. Yeah, my whole life. That's what I've been told. Almost every single mentor, quote unquote, I've had has told me that. That's really weird for me to hear because I know a lot about you, but I know almost nothing about your work life. Right. I don't talk about it much. Right. <laughs> so anyway, this is probably all you're going to hear about it. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, I attribute that same thing. You know, people have told me that that it's not, you know, don't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't feel that way. And, and I'm like, okay, I understand why you feel that way. But if you know me and you know, if we've ever been in a space together, yeah. When I'm with you, like it's, I, I hope that it's evident. Right. And I'm, that that's, I guess that's the piece of this thing that I want people to take away from as well is that when you're with somebody, we should really value that time um, to the extreme. And, uh, there are there are things that happen when you're present with somebody that um you know you can't get through facetime or, or whatever else or even you know this voice recorded conversation and i don't want people to forget the value of that and that those that feeling emotion whatever it is doesn't it doesn't ever leave that's why when you see if someone that a long-term friend that you haven't seen for a long time the conversation doesn't ever seem like it stopped do you know that feeling that people yeah and I think that's why it's because you're able to go back to that emotion that you know that you had with that person, especially when it's um, per, like you're in the same space with them. It, it happens very quickly. Anyway, I want I, I want to I want to press that out into the world. Yeah, that's a lot for me to process. I'm a uh, you're gonna have to press that one out in my direction too. I'm probably gonna have to listen to this one again to really to really fully understand because I think I think you're saying something good there. But uh, it is uh, it is a lot to deal with. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's personal from I guess from me. I'm not saying everybody has to do it, but that's why I'm doing this. Part of why I'm doing this. Part of why I say those things. That's interesting. Part of the reason I'm doing this is because I just. Uh, I have a true belief that um, like anybody can do anything. I, I think it's because I kind of got lucky like five years ago when I had quit my office job and started becoming an, an artist. And I tried all these different styles of art. And then all of a sudden I found this one that just clicked and I was able to actually make a, a little career out of it. And it's it instilled this thing in me to just believe that anybody can do anything because for such a long period of my life, I thought I was set in stone. It's like, as you get older, you're like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's fine. You know, I'm working towards retirement, whatever. But then also a lot of people will lament about that. Like, this is boring. I hate this cubicle, whatever. And I kind of took that leap and I had the privilege to do it because I was able to save enough money up at my nice cubicle job to be able to take that leap. But because I did it and I was successful, it's almost like I feel like an evangelical now, like running up to the mountainside, yelling to everybody like, guys, you won't believe this, but anybody can do anything. Like I was never trained in art, right? I watched YouTube videos and I practiced my ass off and now it's my, you know, now I make my money off it and it's crazy. And so that's kind of the way I look at this podcast too, is I think that like everybody has something to offer. Sometimes you don't even know what it is. I didn't know that people would like my stencil paintings. Like, I don't know if people are going to like this, but they may. And I, I, so to me, it's just all like putting out um, a fishing line in the lake because, you know, maybe something will pipe, but it, it could. You just never know, man, especially if you're genuine about it and you just do something that you're, you have passion for. Because I think a big reason podcasts are becoming popular is as we are becoming more 
insulated, having these voices in your ears can almost make you feel at home and can almost make you feel comforted or like you're with friends in a way. Like I, I'm probably one of the biggest podcast uh, files in the entire world. I think I've listened to more podcasts than almost anybody. I got on the train really early and because I work from home, I listen to them all day, you know, to my family's chagrin sometimes or like take off your headphones. But I'm, I'm so in tune with podcasts and I really do believe that it's a it's sometimes just a place to feel warm and comforted with some people that you know. And um, our discussions might offer that to people. I know my wife has said sometimes she would enjoy just sitting in a room while me and you played video games and talked because it just felt like she was next to a cozy fire sometimes. Yeah, I think that's good. I I think, again, yeah, the, like the long-term friends idea of I know other people experience it too and they have their uh, ideas of what it is, but I, th I think it's a powerful thing. I think it part, part of it is the state of affairs in which the, the country seems to find itself too. And I, I, I we're not going to dive deep into this right now, but um, just that the, the need to want to be opposed. Hmm. And rather than, you know the the harder task in my opinion is to, to, to truly understand right to, to, to st stop asking all the questions that are just pointed at opposing and start asking questions that are trying to be understanding of whatever position you're <clears throat> supposedly against uh but it, when you take that approach it's just a much different I, I don't know you learn you just learn so much more that way and the conversation is actually something that you can it can grow rather than become confrontational. I think that's honestly the challenge of our generation or of the next generation is that now we thought technology would bring us all together. It's done the opposite. It's pushed us all apart. And now the challenge of this generation is, can they come back together again or not? Are, are they going to allow themselves to be completely segmented off by the information they take in and all live in their own worlds, you know, whether it be augmented reality or different types of news to basically not have any connection with the person you're next to because you no longer have any shared experiences with them. And, uh, you know, societies, I don't think can live through that, at least not in its current form. Maybe there's another form that I don't understand that I'm too dumb to understand. But uh, yeah, I think that's really important that we try to learn uh, that most humans are like 98 you know, 3% the same. And we have to stop focusing on the 1.7% that, you know, the, the media wants to, you know, make us focus on or whatever, or whoever's trying to sell us something. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I think, yeah, continuing the conversation is important. So I find myself wanting to promote that. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up for the day. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, you know, just got to go check on school here in a second. I, you, I just want to leave people with a little bit of hope here too, because, uh, you know, I think that the younger generation actually has it pretty well figured out um, from what I can tell from my, my kids, um, friends and schoolmates and just that whole generation seems uh, I'm hopeful. I, I'm, I'm both, you know, I like to always think there's two sides of the coin. They're obviously the smartest generation yet. They're obviously going to be more equipped to handle uh, this environment more than anybody because they grew up in it. But at the same time, 
uh, we're now learning that technology is a lot like a cigarette. It's just this extremely addictive thing. And, you know, our kids have been having cigarettes since they were, you know, zero years old. And hopefully it's going to work out for them. And hopefully they got some good knowledge out of it. But at the same time, they could end up being slaves to, you know, their lack of attention span. So I, th- I think they also have a huge hurdle they're going to have to figure out how to jump over. Yeah, my, my parents were definitely worried about that with all those things. And I turned out just fine, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could have been, I mean, if you consider how much time you and I played video, I mean, you know, we talked about that at the beginning. If you consider how much time you and I played video games, I looked at cardboard cutout of painted cards with words on them, or, you know, honestly, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still a, a fairly good fu- functional human being. I think you're right, but there's also just the bigger timeline question of did, are, are we going to leave the world a better place than when we found it? Like, did we really do that great of a job, you know, or did we distract ourselves with video games? I mean, this is a whole other rabbit hole we can go down. Oh, boy. I, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's also ask the question, who's we? <laughs> Who is we? Next know, time. <laughs> next time. Next time. Who, we're going to ask Jeff, who, who is we? <laughs> um so yeah this is just a premiere this is just like you know a tester we're putting this out there we hope you like it i really do think we should tag all a bunch of people that we know and just start to just even if it's just to see how they respond so i'll just i'll put all their names in the summary so that when chris benner goes on to uh, Spotify and types his name in, he'll actually come up with a result and be like, what I, the hell is this? I love it. I love <laughs> it. He, I think he'd love that too, actually. <laughs> well, you should send me a list of names and I will literally put them in the summary and uh, people can literally do that. Literally. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure as usual speaking with you and I look forward to gaming with you soon and I hope you and your family are doing well and, uh, I don't know. What are we going to do to sign off? Here we go again, getting ready to again. Bing bong, push play, put your headphones in. Wow. So yeah, if you ever want to check out our other stuff, we've got a couple other podcasts that were out there. You want to scream and shout. Jeff put that all together. He's an artist and all that. He's pretty cool. Hey, He's also, do you hey. still have all your stores up? Do you ever want to pub- publicize that stuff? Uh, sure. I have, uh, I'm uh, under the pseudonym Planet Giggles is uh, my artist name. I have an eBay shop and an Amazon shop, and you can find links to them both at planetgiggles.com. You should check it out, man. It's pretty dang cool. <laughs> so you know what you're getting into? Uh, I'm a portrait artist, kind of inspired by uh, graffiti uh, street art. But I try to be a little more colorful than your average portrait artist. That's kind of my You should definitely check it out. Yay, baby. Bye-bye. Pick up the pace.